Welcome to the Dive into Reiki podcast. I'm Natalie, and together we will enjoy a series of conversations that explore the journey of Reiki practitioners and teachers from all lineages. 100% Reiki-focused stories, 100% human. Hi, and welcome to Dive into Reiki. Today I have a very, very special guest, uh, Paul Mitchell. I met Paul when we actually were both on a panel from Reiki Home, and I was really impressed by the depth of his practice and also his kindness. And obviously he also practices Aikido martial arts, so we connected and he kindly agreed to come today to talk about his practice. So Paul's original education was in philosophy and theology and his early work was in religious education. Uh, while teaching at Riordan High School in San Francisco, he met uh, Mrs. Takata and became his student in 1978. And he became actually one of the 22 masters initiated by Mrs. Takata in 1979. In 1992, he was recognized as the head of discipline of Usui Shikiryoho. And together with the bearer of the lineage, Phyllis Furamoto, they really promoted and defined the system. And they've been carrying her teacher, sorry, her teachings um, with a lot of compassion and care for the last few years. He has traveled for over 25 countries supporting the Reiki community in their practice and development. Paul, thank you so much for joining me today for this uh, talk. I'm really grateful. Oh, you're very welcome. It's ha I'm happy to be with you. Perfect. So I wanted to start a little bit with your origin story, like about the first time, and I like to start that with every guest, the first time you came into contact with Reiki or Reiki practice. Yes. Um, okay. So as you mentioned, I was teaching in a Catholic boys school teaching religion. And one of my co-teachers came and introduced, he, he had a flyer for a, a conference on holistic health. And he said, we should go to this. And I, yeah, I was trying to wrap my brain around why as a religion teacher, I should go to this. Um, but it was intriguing. And um, so I went. He didn't. I went by myself, and uh, and it was the beginning in the early '70s of the holistic health movement, and um, so a lot of the luminaries were speakers. There were about a thousand people in attendance, and um, what touched me actually, what I came away with was the personal stories of you know well-known healthcare people psychologists, psychiatrists, doctors, who, um, who their personal lives were a mess. And then they, <laughs> they had some spiritual awakening and, uh, and it totally changed their relationship to their work with other people in, in healing professions. So I was driving home and thinking, oh, there's something here for me, but I had no idea what it was. I was in a master's program in education. Um, I never went to see my advisor. I just took courses that looked interesting. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was looking at the catalog one for the summer session and uh, there was a course in holistic health and self-regulation. I said, well, okay, that's it. So I went to this course. It was put together by Dr. George Araki, who was a biologist at San Francisco, San Francisco State University. And he uh, had started a little mini department called Interdisciplinary Studies in Science. And 
their hidden agenda was bringing the scientific method to bear on healing. So this course was like just a potpourri of what was going on. You know, we, we, and, and it was inter, we, we did, we had lots of guest speakers, mostly guest speakers. And uh, so we practiced a little yoga and we learned about autogenic training and biofeedback and did some Tai Chi and uh, meditation and learned about Ayurvedic medicine a little bit, a little bit about Native American medicine, just all kinds of things. And one day the guest speaker was Hawaii Takata. And, uh, and she walked into the room. She was very short, I didn't think, under five feet. Oh my God, imagine her so short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, very bright and energetic, you know, dressed nicely and uh, began talking, telling her story of Reiki, how she, how she came to Reiki. And, um, and I, you know, she told us a little bit about Reiki, what it was, and, um, and, and she was a great storyteller. And I, you know, I was just mesmerized. And then she said at the end, well, if people are interested, I can come back and uh, teach you Reiki. And um, I found my hand in the air and put down my contact information. <laughs> and a few <laughs> months later, oh, so I was driving home after this class and I thought, oh, this is what I've been looking for. And then I was confused because I didn't know I was looking for something. Um, and I went home and told my wife about it and she wanted to take the class too. So we, we took the class in Dr. Araki's home and he's Japanese American. So we, the, the white folks were a minority and the other, uh, it was a, a mostly Japanese community that were taking the classes there at that time. And uh, wow. we just had a, a lovely time and then uh, he opened his house to us every Thursday if we wanted to come together and practice together. And we did that. And um, that was having that kind of instant community. I don't know if you could imagine 1978 and uh, the word Reiki, which nobody knew. No, it's been 10 years ago, no one knew what Reiki was. <laughs> right. so, um, so that little community really held me because, I mean, I mean, it was just strange, right, in some ways for me, um, but um, I had such absolute trust in, uh, in my teacher. And uh, I, I, looking back, I would say, well, she was really the first master that I ever met. And um, so I just put myself in her hands and, uh, trusted her teaching and trusted her faith in me. You know, it's like, how can I do this? And I'm not my teacher. And she communicated to me that I could and I should. So I did. I love that. I love because that I think that doubt that you had is a doubt that is common to most people who start training Reiki. And when we were discussing about Mrs. Takata, you told me something beautiful. She gave you everything you needed to practice without fear. And yeah. I, was, I was wondering if you can elaborate a little about that, both as a student and as a teacher, right? You've been teaching for 40 years or more. So mm -hmm. it's just such a beautiful statement 
And I see one that is taken very light, like it's not common in the Reiki community lately. Uh -huh. And I, and I, you know, I'll have to tell you when I was driving to the class, uh, what was going through my mind was, I'm sure everybody in the class will be able to do this, but not me. <laughs> and if there's some special experience to be had, everybody else will have it, but not me. So that was my mental attitude going into the class, which said a lot about me as a person at that time. Um, and I didn't have any special experience in the class other than being in her presence. Wow. Um, and I, you know, with that, um, I, I went home just wanting to put my hands on anybody who would allow me. And it didn't matter what the situation was. I, I felt totally free to do that. And then that's what I realized, you know, she gave me everything I needed to not be afraid. And, and um, you know, it's like, so when I talk about this with, you know, with my students, it's, um, it's like, okay, she gave me the confidence that I had this connection with Reiki, that it would come through my hands. So I, I, I had that as a basis. Secondly, that I could do no harm with Reiki, um, that I didn't have to know anything <laughs> other than a, a relatively simple set of hand positions. And that, um, and sometimes that there could be what we would call unpleasant re um, reactions to treatment. Um, and that was okay. You know, I connected it with, you know, what I heard as a child growing up, sometimes things have to get worse before they get better. And somehow, I don't know if she said those words, but it was that, that connection and with my experience. So, you know, sometimes, I mean, I love it when I give a treatment and, and the person just blisses out and, you know, becomes totally relaxed and, and I love that. And uh, at the same time, I've treated people who got very uh, emotional, wept, um, got afraid, um, you know, had experiences or, or of greater pain, actually physical pain, greater pain. And, um, and, to, and I was able to hold that. So hold the space for the person and say, well, let's just take pain as an example. Uh, treating a shoulder because the person has a chronic shoulder problem and when I treat it, it hurts more. So, you know, I see that that's happening. You know, their eyes are getting a little big or something and <laughs> say, well, you, how does that feel? You know, well, I'm feeling more pain. He says, okay, so that's good because, you know, your body is really taking in the Reiki end and um, it's okay. If it's too intense for you and you want me to stop, I'll, I'll move my hands from this position and kind of work around it. But if you can be with it, it's going to be good. And then, you know, so often at the end of that, treating that position, when I take my hands away, uh, it feels better than it ever has for a long time. So, you know, those, those experiences that she gave me a way to hold, um, lets me be comfortable and then I can communicate that to um, the person I'm treating. And he's so related to the precepts, right? Do not worry. Like, yes. <laughs> mind when we're, but we always worry in sessions. But 
I love that. I, I love, and you say something beautiful. She, her presence, right, as a teacher already gave you everything. That is such a beautiful statement. I have a thing though, because she gave you everything with the present, but she also made you practice a lot, right? So I think also because you, you were saying she's a little bit of a drill sergeant. And I think beyond Mrs. Takato, no, the importance of practicing over and over either hands-on healing or med Reiki meditations, if you can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I, you know, it's like, I, I mean, I learned afterwards that her way of teaching was very Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you go to the master, you just pay attention. You know, so for example, she gave no written material. And, uh, you know, every, all this kind of Americans showed up with our notebooks and uh, she said, put them away. No notes, watch my hands. So, you know, that back and forth was eliminated. You had to be like there, present. and Like martial arts too in Japan. Yeah. 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 And so what she communicated, mostly energetically, um, you just, it just went in. And, um, you know, she was open to questions, but, you know, she taught this beginning class, this sense of what does the beginning student need to know? So if, you know, somebody came up with, you know, some experience was maybe out there kind of, you know, she'd just say, well, fantasy <laughs> and practice, practice, practice. I mean, you know, she said that all the time, three times, practice, practice, practice. And, um, and the first evening she taught us how to treat ourselves. And she would say, Reiki is first of all for yourself, treat yourself every day. And then naturally your family and your friends and anybody else who comes to you. But that was the order. You know, I had been to work just before and, you know, tried things for a while. They were very interesting, but they always dropped away. But um, after my first year of having first degree, I looked back and realized I have treated myself every single day. Yeah. And, um, and that, you know, one of her teachings was Reiki will teach you. Well, you know, it's like it was clear to me that the learning, the environment, the classroom of Reiki teaching me was when I was doing Reiki for myself, for others. You know, it's, it's um, you know, she defined Reiki as uh, universal life energy or God power. And um, universal life energy was just a concept for me. God power, I kind of got because I was had a lot of religious upbringing, right? You know, so that landed. Um, but you know, both it grew, you know, this is the energy of life. And it's not like I didn't have it. I wouldn't have anything alive. Everything is filled with life energy. It's not like Reiki is a new thing. It's just our awareness of it. You know, it's like, that's, that was part of the new thing of learning Reiki is that, oh, I have a conscious relationship with the energy of life. And uh, I put my hands on myself and another. And and that's, you know, it's, it was in those relationships with self, with other, receiving treatment from, from others that, um, it, you know, that friendship or the intimacy or the, uh, um, the connection with what Reiki was offering me grew and grew and grew and grew. That is amazing. But Did I answer your question? You answer it beautifully. Okay, good. It, I honestly, 
you always speak beautifully. That also is something that hit me when we were at the panel. I speak like Sofia Vergara on steroids, fun, but you just speak succinctly and beautifully. So it's perfectly clear. One thing that you said right now that I love is that is our conscious connection with universal energy. And the Reiki is a system to grow that awareness, right? Yes. I think a lot of people see Reiki as a type of energy. And there is a lot of discussions like, um, Reiki is not so powerful. There is tumbo tumbo energy that is more powerful. So what will you say to people who have this conception that Reiki is just like almost a vibration of energy versus everything is connected through the vital force of Reiki? <laughs> Sorry, that was a little bit conceptual. Well, well, it, it's, it's a complicated question for me because, it, you know, it's like, um, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Sorry about what, that. What do I really know? You, yeah. you know, it's like what I really know is my experience and how I interpret my experience. You know, I mean, there are, of course, there are all kinds of energies. You, you know, it's like nuclear energy is very powerful. Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, and, you know, it has benefits and, and lots of destructive potential. But so, you know, I trust, I know there are all kinds of levels of energy. And, um, but my experience from the very beginning is Reiki for me is the energy of life. I, you know, it's like I learned it as life energy. And at some point I, I also speak about it is the energy of life. Okay. And it is you know, from whatever the source of that energy is, who knows, maybe it was eternal, you know, <laughs> from a Buddhist perspective, maybe it was, you know, came about and was created at some point from a Judeo-Christian tradition or so, but it, you know, for me, it is the energy of life. And it's also this energy of connection. It's like, you know, I can put my hands on any thing actually, and feel energy. And, and so part of that for me is like, oh yes, this is the core of all of life. You know, this is the, the stuff of life right, on the energetic level. So, you know, powerful, more powerful is power. I, you know, those are interesting questions for a while, I think. For me, they're not so interesting um, because, for me, Reiki is, it put me in a life path, you know, and well, what kind of path? Well, it's a healing path. Well, what is healing? So you work that question over and over and over and over again. You know, it's one of these living questions. I live with that question, what is healing? I go back to the Greek root and it's wholeness. Okay, wholeness. Well, what does it mean in this being in my human beingness to be whole? Well, there are lots of theories about that. And, um, and there are spiritual traditions that focus right on that. You know, it's like, well, what is the meaning and purpose of your life? You know, why are you here? And, and what are you working towards? But my experience of Reiki is that it, it constantly, in a way, awakens me to the essence of what it means to be human. And, it, and in, in a sense, it constantly asks this question to me, oh, who do you need to become to manifest that essence more clearly, more 
authentically. And, you know, we have the Reiki principles that give us guidelines for that. You know, and, you know, it's like the, the, the principles have nothing to do with anybody else. <laughs> they have nothing to do with me, right? They're all about, you know, how do I live in my body? How do I live in my mind? How do I live in my spirit? How do I live in relationship? You know, Rick is all about relationship for me. And, you know, why, why am, am I so happy that my teacher said, first of all, Reiki's for you, treat yourself. You know, because it, 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 it brought me to a, and continues to a much more intimate understanding of myself. Yeah, so, you know, what do I need to heal? Well, sometimes it's my body. And sometimes it's my mental emotional state. And sometimes it's my spiritual self that needs healing, which is basically all is just to get to the essence. You know, what, what, what does life energy want to offer in this time in history, my world, through this unique gift of Paul Mitchell, recognizing that every other human being is also a gift. So Reiki is this path for me to wholeness. And it's, you know, it's like in the Reiki world, we love this word transformation. Yes. And who doesn't want to be healed instantly? Who doesn't want to be transformed instantly into some luminous being? That was my reason I took my first class. <laughs> right. right. So, you know, but it's, it's a journey. You know, Mrs. Takata used to say, Reiki will go to the root of the problem. And one of her uh, masters, uh, who's passed away a few years ago, Shinobu Saito, who was Japanese, very Japanese, and uh, grew up, was born in America, went back to Japan, grew up into her 20s in Japan, then came back to America. She was in Hiroshima when the bomb dropped. Oh, God. Um, she would say, Mrs. Takata always said, Reiki will go to the root of the problem. And she's right. And sometimes it takes one treatment and sometimes it takes a lifetime. And she just practiced. And, you know, it's like, for me, it, it's not that, oh, it takes a lifetime to solve a problem. And that's not what I understood. It was, it's like, it takes, it's a lifetime to, of unfolding. You know, that's the journey, this constant unfolding of who we are here to be. I'm happy with how far I've gotten. I'll be uh, 75 soon. Uh, but I also see I have a long way to go. <laughs> I, I, I love that you keep hey. up this mind. I, I love it because I think, again, the, when I talk to people who practice deeply for years, there is a joy and actually excitement like a we can always go deeper, right? Like this is just a journey. And I think when, and I was the one when I started and a lot of my students, we're also so obsessed with shadow work, we call it now, and, and trying to understand what we do wrong and bad. And today when you, because I've been dealing with myself and like a lot of people this week, and when you say, trust Reiki to go to the root of it, I feel like sometimes we need to let go of what the problem is and just practice and trust. 
And I think that is something that we are losing a lot in the Reiki community. And so I love that you say it goes to the root. You don't need to analyze so much, right? And at the same time, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm really good at analysis and I'm learning to. <laughs> I still haven't done 20 years. Not, not so much. But, but it, you know, it's like, you know, Reiki will teach you. Yes. And, you know, I don't know if I heard her said, say this, um, but it became clear for me. It's like, let Reiki teach you. So, you know, part of the process is I pay attention. You know, what am I learning? Okay, learning isn't enough. I've got to practice what I've learned. You know, it's like, so, you know, I find myself, you know, one of the things I discovered in my early days of Reiki was, you know, I was a good person. I was a nice person. Well, one of the things Reiki taught me was I was also a very angry person, but I had that so well hidden that it only came out in my humor, which was mostly sarcastic. So, uh, you know, it's like, so, you know, it's like, I, so, okay, just for today, do not anger. Uh-oh. So I just learned I'm an angry person. Well, you know, it's like, I can't deny that. It's like, I have to take the journey through understanding myself, but, you know, it's like, I have to, first of all, be able to like, know that I'm angry, know how to respond to anger, uh, know the tricky ways I can be to express anger. You know, I can be passive aggressive really beautifully. And, um, <laughs> you, you know, I, that's getting better also, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, it took me years to, to understand what the aggressive part was. You know, it's like, I was really good at disappearing. You hurt me. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> Not available. So, you know, it's like, in a sense, I had to own that part of myself. I had to embrace that part of myself to be able to choose to be different step by step, you know, not be reactive, not be knee jerk, uh, but actually to find that space where I can choose to say, oh, what's underneath my anger? Oh, I'm scared. Oh, I'm hurt. Oh, what's underneath that? So that I can actually become the way I would really like to be. But it's it's the P word, practice. I know. It gives you the gift of acceptance. I was talking to my student and one day I was meditating and I realized I'm not a good person. But it wasn't like, oh, it was actually a relief. Like, oh, I'm not a good person and it's okay, right? Some days I'm angry, some days I worry. And some days I'm a little bit, you know, not the nicest person I can like. And I'm a lot better than used to be. But it was also... But there was no drama in it. It was like I was holding the space. I was practicing. It's like, oh, I better work on myself a lot more, right? It was just so loving a realization, you know. Yeah. And you know, it, it's something that I experience and that I say sometimes or share sometimes is that, you know, when I first started doing Reiki, I mean, I, I you know, I saw myself as a as a wounded person. In fact, I saw myself as tragically flawed. I'm wounded and there's no hope, right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, 
Yeah. I'm glad you're yeah. not Ricky. <laughs> well, you know, it's like, and I was fine, you know, on the other hand, but it's like in, in, in the heart of hearts, you know, this, this, you know, needing to be good and to, to do what you want so that I would receive your love because there was this empty place in me, you know? And in Reiki, you know, I experienced those moments of just being whole. I touched my innate wholeness and therefore lovableness. And that touching really gave me the courage to do the shadow work. And that, you know, that's the dance. And it's a, it's a wonderful dance. Yeah, it also gets you out of the head and into the mind heart, which is a different space. And But as you said, practice, practice, practice. And I, I love when we had the pre-interview, I told you, what can we do to make our practice juicier and not get bored? And you basically put me back into my place. Like sometimes it's not going to be juicy. We just need to practice. And you said something beautiful that if you don't stick to your practice when nothing happens, you know, like then in a way, because we're talking about teacher, like then maybe you shouldn't be teaching. Can you elaborate a little bit about those moments when practice feels a little plateau and why do we stick to practice? Well, you know, one of the things that, that helps me is to realize that um, I live in the world of mystery. There are so many things I don't understand. And mostly because they're kind of beyond my capacity to understand at any given moment. But, you know, it's like, you know, my wife and I have been together for, I don't know, almost 50 years now. And, you know, it's like, I can, I can still discover new things about her. You know, it's like, and, and, you know, some time ago, you know, she expressed an interest in something. She said, I've been interested in this in 20 years. So it's like, I never knew that, <laughs> you know? So, so it's also true of myself. It's like, you know, we are a, an amazing creation and we're part of our being is unknown potential. And, uh, you know, like you, you put some seeds in the ground and they sprout right away. You put some other seeds in the ground and it has to, well, you have to wait for 30 years till there's a forest fire or something for that seed to grow. And, you know, it's like, in a way, that's a great analogy of all of us, you know? So I treat myself, uh, I'll use the boring word. Oh, why should I treat myself as just boring? You know, <laughs> it's like- That's what you said of a lot of people after a week. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I have a good friend of mine who had a child kind of later in life, and she was a single mom, you know, and she got to the stage where her kid was always saying, it's boring, it's boring. And she just says, you're boring. <laughs> you know, so look at all the potential you have. You're bored. It's not my job. Fix it. True. And, you know, it's like, I thought, wow, that was a great teaching moment. So I can apply that to myself, you know, if I'm bored, what's underneath that, you know, some expectation that I have that things that should be different. Well, I'm not, I'm not four years old anymore, although I can still act like that sometimes. But so, you know, it's like tr treating myself, I, what I've, know, what I've come from experiences, I know that something is happening. I don't need to feel it. it you know, it's like, it, come on. You know, the cell phone is, 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 uh, uh, 
it's really a part of it is like this instant gratification. I get to know anything I want right now, you know, right now. Well, it, it's a technological advancement, but maybe we're regressing into our, you know, instant gratification hood. <laughs> so, but it's deeper than that. We're deeper than that. You know, we're, there is, we're filled with this incredible potential still, but, you know, we have to, we have to keep doing our work. We need the silence. We need the, the, the hands-on. We need the acceptance um, that Reiki is working in us for whatever our next steps are. And, you know, it's okay not to know them. They're not, they're not only what we want, you know, there it's deeper than that. And, you know, if you, if you want to know that part of ourselves, practice. you got to do a practice that, um, you know, that allows that to be. If juiciness is what drives you, well, you probably won't practice. That makes a lot of sense. It's going back to the trust you were saying, right? Like, I, I think in my few years, I was really like, oh, this doesn't work. And I'm like, I have ADD or whatever. And then now there is a trust that sometimes I know, like, I know that maybe the answer or no answer will come in months or years. But I know, I know it will happen. Something will happen at a point. So trusting the process is such an important part and surrendering to the practice that helps a lot. Yes. I have another yeah. question for you, yeah. changing gears, because you gave me so much great material during the pre-interview. But uh, I always say Reiki is deceptively simple, but you came up with another way of saying that that I love. Reiki is a simple practice filled with paradoxes. And I love that because you also mentioned, uh, for example, for the hands-on healing protocol, right? Keep placing your hands exactly in the same position and then let Reiki guide you. So can you elaborate a little bit on that, uh, on that about the paradoxes of Reiki and especially the one about, you know, the protocol and then also letting Reiki guide us? Yeah, so um, as, as I shared with Natalie in our <laughs> interview, I, I, um, I realized that consciously uh, Huayo Takata introduced me to paradox because, you know, she would say, watch my hands, do it like this. Um, you know, she had this uh, drill sergeant kind of <laughs> presence as well as being warm and, and kind and uh, joyful. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, but she was the master, right? And this Japanese, do it this way. You know, watch my hands, pay attention and let Reiki guide you. Pay attention to your hands. So it's like some people would find that confusing. I wasn't smart enough or something at the time to be confused. Um, it's because I was in this zone of total trust and the energetic that she she created in that class. You know, it was it was sacred space that she created, and you know what she was imparting. You know, most of it was energetic. And yet she, and she gave us this very simple practice that could bring us back to that energetic any time. So, so I was, you know, at that point, I, you know, it's like, okay, 
this is how my teacher does practice <laughs> treats, you know. So I I did that. And it, you know, it's like there's I just assumed, you know, who had to cut up I met her when she had had Reiki over 40 years. And it, you know, she taught Reiki, but mostly she practiced Reiki. You know, she treated people all the time and long-term and short-term and, and uh, you know, she was a master practitioner. And so it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to lean into this. You know, why should I think that I can come up with something better? So I followed the practice. And in that process of um, sinking into the discipline and being held by the discipline, and surrendering more to this flow of this relationship, sometimes my hands wanted to go someplace else. And then I would go my little argument with, and then eventually it just became natural. It's like, okay, let's see what this brings. Oh, that was interesting. Um, and, then my, and then my discipline was, okay, let's not generalize. Oh, this is a good position for everybody. Well, no. No, but you know, it's like, it's a natural inclination, inclination right? I, I tell you, it's a, 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 a little story about that. I was doing a lot of treatment and, uh, and the throat was not a basic position in, in the, in, uh, oh, wow. it was an additional position. Yeah, I love so that. yes, everybody loves it. <laughs> so, but like three people I was in a row, I was treating, you know, it's like, I, my hands wanted to go to their throat, so I did. You know, the next first degree class I taught, what do you think I did? I just it unconsciously added it as a basic position. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 10 years later, I'm doing a workshop with masters in Spain and with Phyllis, and we're demonstrating the basic positions. And it's like, we go through it and the whole room is horrified. You know, 25 or 30 Reiki masters, like horrifying. The throat. Why is it the throat? And uh, it took me about 30 seconds to connect the lines. Oh, one of my students who took first degree from me, who became a Reiki master with Phyllis, went to Spain and taught for, for years in Spain and passed on what I taught them in first degree. So I got to be, have a, a great lesson in humility and say, I know <laughs> the problem is it was me. <laughs> so it was a great lesson, but it, you know, it's like the, the form is always there. And the form has an integrity, but it's not the whole story, you know? So we, we live in this wonderful creative tension. It's like, for me, that's the essence of paradox. It's like, you know, the, the opposite of a, a ordinary fact, the opposite is a lie, but in the, the opposite of a profound truth is often another profound truth. <laughs> you know, it's like, so here's the practice, here's the form do it. And we're not limited to that. It's bigger than that. It's bigger than us. Follow your hands. Let Reiki guide you. And pay attention. You know, be in the moment. Does that help? Did I answer the question? It, 
helps tremendously. And also now you illuminate me because I had the idea the truth was part of the original positions. But what I love is paying attention and being aware and present. Like, like a lot of times, like a lot of people, we teach them how to place the hands, but not the state of mind to call it in some other way. And, and I love that you repeat, pay attention, be present, because at the end is also what the precepts or the principles are telling us, right? Just for today, be present, don't be angry, don't be worried in the future, be here. And yes, we need to do those hands position, not just with the hands, but with our whole being. So I, yeah, it was very useful. I can so how many hands position? Now you made me very curious. Were the original, like there was no throat? Um, no, not as a basic position, but you know, to cut a ton this way, you know, these, they were one, two, three, four. Uh, no, yeah, one, two, three. Three in the air of the head, four basic abdomen, five on the back. Wow. So was, was that up to 13 or something like that? Yeah. No. It doesn't, it adds up to 12. But here's, here's an interesting phenomenon. The, the group of her masters, many of us came together and, and you know, built relationship um, after her death, Phyllis brought us together. And um, you know, at some point we recognized that, uh, that all of us had been drawn to treating the heart area the upper chest area here. And uh, as, as masters in their practice and some were leaning that into their teaching and Phyllis recognized that and acknowledged it as, this is what Reiki is asking us to do. So we added this position formally. Oh. But then the other uh, positions, you know, she, you know, the throat, the sides of the neck, I mean, everything, all these additional positions that were related to specific uh, symptomatic needs and some not, you, you know, but she, those were additional positions as needed. And one of the things that happened in, as Ricky kind of exploded in the way of people being creative in their teaching or, you know, was that, that these, these two, basic positions and additional positions that as needed came together like this. So that, um, so that then, you know, some people had 22 positions or 21 or, or any number in between. So, you know, it's just, it's, um, it's just how things evolved, right. Or changed. Um, but my basic principle is practice what you learned. Yes, <laughs> right? And pay attention, you know, practice that you learn and pay attention. I'm, you know, it's like, I'm it, one of Phyllis and my, one of Phyllis's teaching really that, that I concurred with is <laughs> we can't do Reiki wrong. Mm. You know? We can communicate it wrong, but yeah, we cannot do Reiki wrong. Yeah, yeah. For so, everybody, Phyllis Foromoto is the granddaughter of Mrs. Takata and yeah. she was the line bearer. Yes. Just in case they're not yes. here with her. Yes, thank you. Sorry for the interruption. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Perfect. Um, so I think I answered your question, yes? Yes, you did. And I have one last question that is building on this one because I know we're enjoying the conversation, but I have to be respectful of your time because I'm realizing I will talk to you for three hours. So 
I have to respect your time. But the last question I have, it has to do a little bit with what you're talking about, adding positions of adapting to the times, right? We're evolving. Reiki practice also is multiplying. We have like hundreds of thousands of practitioners. And when we talked, you said you were really carrying her teachings with a lot of respect, right? So I wanted for you to talk a little bit about that. How can we carry the teachings with respect? And what is a little bit, how creative should we become or not? Like from your opinion, it doesn't have to be, you know, from your perspective. So I, um, I'll, I'll speak personally and, and then also maybe philosophically, I don't know. <laughs> That's but, exactly what I but, want. Yeah, but, um, you know, when I when I learned Reiki and when I became a master, I um, you know, master is kind of a big word, right? You know, people love it's it. Like, in fact, you know, it's like when I have my little business cards, I I put Reiki teacher because it's like I, they had no concept for master. It's like it's in 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 comparison to my teacher, right? It's like oh, hello master so but my but phyllis gave me a lot of she challenged me <laughs> so so um so the next card i put with reiki master in parentheses i had kind of moved <laughs> step by, right you know so but you know what i realized is well I, you know it's like my experience was so i'm not a master in anything but i when i step into a class i have been given what I need to pass on this art. And in that class, I am a master. So, so that was very helpful to me. And it was also, it was also my experience. You know, I would like, I would be in a different place, totally supported by the energy of Reiki in that particular role as teacher. But, you know, it was clear to me that I, I was a carrier of a tradition. I wasn't the author, so I didn't have the authority to like add things and da da da, which of course I did, um, <laughs> mostly out of insecurity. You know, I like to say that you know the the class the Hawaii Takata taught was very simple, giving you exactly what you needed to be a practitioner. And and I added things um, to make it. Uh, more clear. <laughs> so, you know, so, you know, metaphysical causes of illness and a little bit of Chinese medicine that I knew about, well, this connection, da, 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 da. you know, it's like, um, and I added things to make it more clear. <laughs> at one point I woke up and said, look at what you're doing. And I, I, I took all those things out, went back to the very practice that I learned as I learned it. And I took away all those things so that the practice would be clear. So same motivation, but <laughs> I come back to the same place of teaching the tradition that I am a carrier of. So I, you know, we used to, in our evolution, we said, well, what is a master? A master is an initiator and a teacher and a mentor, and then, you know, those evolved, the awareness, you know, and then, oh, um, a student, always a student of Reiki. And then eventually, you know, after 25 years of practice, they said, oh, you know what, we're tradition keepers. 
That's what we're doing. You know, we're care what's the essence of tradition? The essence of tradition is you take something that, that is so precious to the life experience that you want to pass on because it's important that it be passed on to the next generation. You know, that's that's the essence of tradition. It's not some dead thing. There's a German composer, Mayer, I think is his name, who says, you know, tradition is not the worship of ashes. It's the maintaining the flame. That's beautiful. So, so that, you know, that's the, that's the role that I felt that, that I felt was mine. Right. And of course, Reiki is going to teach me. And, you know, one of the things we learned was to make a distinction as a, as a master make a distinction between your personal practice. When I'm with one person doing a treatment, whatever Reiki leads me to, I do. And as a teacher, I give the practice in its simple, profound essence. A colleague of mine said, you know, she heard from a shaman and said, you know, in this, whatever shamanic tradition she was speaking to, he says, you know, as a shaman, working with a person, I am free to follow that particular inter, inter you know, that, that, that moment in time. When I'm training another shaman, it's exactly the same. Wow. You know, it's like, so, you know, these are concepts that as Americans, especially, you know, who, you know, have been accused of having no traditions, <laughs> You know, um, and you know it's like our gift is creativity but but you know it's like everything needs to be in balance you know balance is i you know one of the first one of the holy sick health guys luminaries wrote a book and called health is a question of balance so and and life changes you know Life changes. So, so how do we, how does our practice evolve in relationship to meeting, in, you know, life as it changes? Um, you know, evolution is different from change. We change, change, you know, it's evolution is what lasts. It's like what, what really still contains the essence keeps living, right? But our perspective is too short, right? So, you know, we have to be, I, I, I mean, I, I want to be mindful. So we make difficult choices, you know. So COVID, and, you know, how do I treat people? Well, I can treat people distantly. Um, you know, are there situations where I can put my hands on someone? Well, maybe. But, you know, what, what care do I need to take? Um, teaching, you know, people do online teaching. I don't. I wouldn't. Um, and, you know, Hawaii Takata used to, you know, her, what I learned from her was anyone can do Reiki and not, and she was happy to teach any person Reiki, but she had no need to teach any specific person Reiki. She needed you to step up, you know, to meet her. So, you know, there was a fee for first degree. She taught it over four consecutive days. You know, so you had to commit that time. 
you had to commit that money. And, um, you know, people would say, I really want to do this, but I don't have the money. She says, so do you smoke? <laughs> do you go out to dinner? Yeah. Well, don't. Save that money. And the next time I come, you'll have the money to take Ricky. You know, it's like there was this, she had it kind of innate sense of what studentship meant, you know. That is, yeah, because for the people who are not aware, you actually paid ten thousand uh, dollars for your Reiki master, and that was in nineteen seventy nine, right? Which will be the equivalent now of like fifty, versus paying sometimes thirty dollars for the master attunement. So it it's a beautiful commitment to your practice as well, and that trust as well that you were mentioning. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, it's like it, my relationship with my teacher was just like, you know, I didn't have that money. I never, I didn't own anything that was that valuable. I mean, <laughs> you know, and uh, and she let me pay it over time because she knew that and she wanted me to have it at that point. But, you know, it's like my commitment was there and um, it was fulfilled. And, but, you know, it's like to make that step, I, I mean, I think, you know, if you look at the Tao Te Ching, you know, it's all about the 10,000 things. The 10,000 things is like the symbol for everything, right? Infinity, yeah. Yeah, for everything. And so it's like the $10,000, I have no idea if this is where it came from, from her or her teacher or whatever. It may but be it, linked. Like, pardon? It may be linked. You're right. I never made a connection. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a connection that, that works for me. You know, it's like, you know, if what you're saying is, you know, when you have first degree, you have everything you need to be a lifetime practitioner of Reiki. If you're called, you take second degree. But because it's part, it's your, it's your soul's calling, not because you think, oh, I don't have enough. No, that's not the motivation. It's like, I know this is part of my path. You wanna be a Reiki master? Okay. What does a Reiki master do? Basically commits his life to the practice and teaches. And symbolically, <laughs> And the $10,000 is out, I'll give everything. You know, it's like, this is my path. And, I, um, you know, it's, it's different in the world today in terms of the world of Reiki, and that's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't take away from my students that level of stepping forward. I wouldn't. And, I, and I'm not critical of others who, who have a different experience. It's... You know, you know, human beings change things. That's what we do, and especially in this country, because <laughs> because that's who we are. No, and I, I love that, and I'm gonna close that interview. I think, like you said, something beautiful. We move levels because we're called to, not because we feel we don't have enough. And I think that takes even the price difference. It's just again the state of mind where we do our training, and I love that. And for the people who want to reach you, which will be the best? Uh, I will be posting your link on your website. Is there any way you prefer to be reached? Oh, good question. Oh, I was supposed to have this together, wasn't I? Don't worry. I'll place all the links on the notes for the podcast and your website because people are not going to remember the address anyway. So probably okay. your website is the easiest way to reach you, right? And social media? Uh, I don't do social media. That is exactly what we needed. No social media. <laughs> but I want to say to you then that actually when I posted the day for your interview, I got so much love for the upcoming interview since you're not on social media. 
Perfect. Anything that I didn't ask and I missed that you want to add? Well, you know, we could talk for hours, but I think this is good. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much, Paul. Thank you for listening to the Dive into Reiki podcast. You can read a full transcript of today's interview at diveintoreiki.com slash blog. If you found this episode helpful, please hit the subscribe button, leave me a review, or just share it with your friends. It makes all the difference. Thank you. Gracias. Merci.